We're going to conclude this series today. I'm not sure that this is a great way to land the plane on this series, but I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. We've been in a series entitled Solomon Says, and we've been looking at the book of Proverbs and just kind of, you know, that idea, that concept of whatever Simon says you got to do in order to win the game. And so in order to succeed at life, if we would just do what Solomon says, things would go a lot better for us. And so we've been picking out some big ideas. We, we really barely scratched the surface of it. But over the weeks, we've uh, looked at this book and kind of uh, gleaned from Solomon's wisdom. We talked about the fear of the Lord. We talked about the discipline of God. We talked about the importance of guarding our heart. We also talked about how that your decisions determine your destiny. We uh, talked about the power of words. We talked about the family. We talked about uh, Isaac had a great sermon on a lone sheep is a dead sheep. And basically talking about that idea of friendship and accountability and the need for each other in, in our lives. And Caitlin uh, talked about last week uh, doing your duty, obeying God's command and how that is, um, you know, the fear of God. So today... Uh, I want to conclude this, and I'm going to just go ahead and tell you the, what Solomon says, and then I'm going to read the scripture. Like I said, I don't even know if this is a great way to end it, but this is the way it's going to be ended today. Solomon says, your best life is an ant's life. Your best life is an ant's life. And I want to read from Proverbs chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 6 through 11. And uh, this is what Solomon says. Solomon says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no captain, overseer, or ruler, provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. How long will you slumber, O sluggard? When will you rise from your sleep? A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to sleep. So shall your poverty come on you like a prowler and your need like an armed man. Solomon says about the ant, he said, if you will go and look at the ant and, and glean the wisdom of the ant, your life will grow and be more effective exponentially if you learn some principles from an ant. And so we're going to talk about this today. Like I said, I know this seems a little off uh, off the wall, but I believe the Lord wants us to know how many of you want to live your best life, your absolute best life, how God designed you and what God has planned for you. And he says, you can learn a lot from that little ant. If you'll apply it to your life, it can make a big difference in your life. And so we're going to look at that today. So Lord, we just invite you right now to come and have your way and Lord, that you would speak through your word. God, I pray for your anointing, I pray for your power, I pray for your grace to be on this word and on me and on every one of us here today to receive the word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody says, amen. So Solomon said, go to the ant, you sluggard. I like that. The word for sluggard can be translated lazy bones or slacker. So go to the ant, you slacker. A slacker is a person who is sometimes lazy, unenthusiastic, half-hearted about life, sometimes has just basically given up on life. 
a slacker, a person who slacks, uh, they're not living up to their fullest potential in life. They may go through the motions of life, but they have no real momentum or progress in their life. They could be more effective in life if they would just get off their hiney. Get out of their whiny. If they would just stop slacking. This is what the Bible describes as being spiritually asleep. Paul the Apostle wrote in Romans 13, verses 11 and 12, he said, And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand, therefore let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. That's Paul's way of saying, wake up you slackers. It's time to start living your best life. Live the life that God created you to live. Don't lay around and let life pass you by. Get on board with God's call upon your life and get into it. Live up to it so you can live it out fully until Jesus comes again. Amen. This is how Paul the Apostle lived his life. He could talk that way. Because he lived this way. He didn't live spiritually asleep and slumbering and slacking and, and, and walking through life sluggishly. Paul, the apostle, went through all kinds of hardships and setbacks and imprisonments that he could have said, you know what, I'm just calling off. I'm not going into work. I'm not going to show up. I think I deserve a little break today. Amen. How many of you know that there are people that think that way? Life's been really hard. I think I just need a big, fat break. No, you don't. Amen. Boy, what a way to end this. I'm already sorry. Paul the Apostle, this was his mantra in life. For to me, to live is Christ. To die is gain. If I die and go to heaven, I get to be with Jesus, which is better by far. But he says, you know what? Jesus doesn't want me there. He wants me here. And so my life is all about Jesus. Right now, I'm going to live my life. I'm not going to go to sleep. I'm not going to be sluggish. I'm not going to be slothful in my walk with God. I'm going to live with all my heart for him. Amen. So he went on to say, how do you do this? How did, how did Paul live his best life? He said, he said it like this in the book of Philippians. He said, one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was determined to live his life to the fullest. And like the Apostle Paul, I want to say to every one of us here today, that we all have a God-given innate giftings and qualities to live the life that God is want, wants us to live, to live an, a significant life by God's design. But this will not happen automatically. It's not just going to happen. You've got to be intentional about this. You've got to get up every day and live the intentional life. And go after it. It doesn't just 
fall into place. Come on, can I get a good amen out there? And so it takes intentionality. We cannot allow ourselves to become spiritual slackers. Solomon says that if you will apply the wisdom of a little ant to your life, you're going to become a better version of who God designed you to be. And so today, from this little ant, there are some big ideas that I want to encourage us to live by so that we can live the more abundant life. Anybody ready for the more abundant life here today? Amen. So like the ant, first of all, we need to live, number one, a purpose-driven life. We need to live a purpose-driven life. The Bible said, Solomon said, the ant provides her supplies in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. See, ants understand seasons. There's a time for gathering because they know that winter's coming. And so they live for the purpose every day. They live their life for the purpose of being about their business right here, right now, because there's a time coming when this will be over. And if I don't live it here, I won't be prepared there. And so they live with a sense of purpose. They live with a sense of destiny. That's what little ants do. When Solomon said, consider the ant, he was saying these little creatures, these little six-leg creatures live with purpose. They're purpose-driven. So we need to live purpose-driven lives. No matter what their role is in the colony, they wake up every day to fulfill their role until their day until their days are through. So to be purpose-driven means that we have a clear, long-term objective or goal which shapes everything we do right here, right now. Can I just remind you today that God made you for a purpose? You are here by divine design. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And all of us have a general purpose to know God and to make him known in the earth. Come on, amen. The, the general purpose for every one of us is to know him and to make him known in life. But then there are those specific purposes that God has for us, plans, destinies that he has for every one of us. Here's what the Lord said in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. How many of you know you got a future? You have a future in, G- in the Lord, in Jesus. God has a plan for your life. Now, I want you to look at Proverbs 16 and 9. It says, a, man, a man's heart plans his way. How many of you made up your own plans in life? How many of you ever came up with what you thought was a really good idea? And then you discovered it was a bad idea. Come on. A man plans in his own heart. But look at what it says. But the Lord directs his steps. You know what God is always doing with our foul movements and our wrong ways? God is always working to bring us on course with his purpose. A man plans his ways, but God directs his steps. So this shows us that God is 
always working to bring us into his purpose for our life. But not everybody lives with this idea that I have a purpose. Not everybody lives with a sense of purpose in their life. They wake up, they go to work, they they go through the motions, but they don't have any real momentum in their life. They don't feel like they're making progress in their life. And some of the reasons for that are sometimes we feel unworthy of having a purpose or a destiny. We look at our present life or our past mistakes, and we don't feel like, how could God use somebody like me? How could God have a plan or a purpose for somebody like me? But I'm here to tell you, no matter who you are, God has a purpose for your life. The ant doesn't wake up and think to himself, you know what, I'm just a big loser. The ant just gets up and starts moving. Why? Because the ant knows it has a purpose. Amen. Sometimes we... We don't live in our purpose because we're giant procrastinators. We're putting off today what we think we'll get to to tomorrow, but tomorrow never comes. And we never really get about it because we're so busy trying to, you know, we got, we got all these excuses. Amen. Let me show you what... Uh, Solomon said, Solomon 22, verse 13, he says, a lazy man says there is a lion outside. I shall be slain in the streets. You know what he's saying? He said, a person who procrastinates and puts off what they should be about, they always find a, what they call a good reason for why they can't get out there and start moving. And they're looking around the corner, and they see every problem rather than seeing the possibilities that God has for them. Amen. Another reason why we put off the purpose in our lives is that we're hesitant. We live our lives out of fear of what what if it doesn't work or we have doubts about ourselves and we live a life full of doubt, many of us, about our purpose. But this is like, like Solomon said, consider the ant. This is the season of gathering. This is your season, church. This is your hour. Right here, right now. This is the time of harvest. The life you're living right here, right now, this is it. You don't get a do-over. When it's done, it's done. And if you've messed up, God knows how to get you on track. And if you made some wrong choices in life, let it go. Paul said, forgetting those things that are behind I press on right here, right now, to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. You have a purpose. Go after it. Stop living off your past and start moving into your future. Amen. Amen. Come on. Here's another thing about ants. They're not only purpose-driven, they're hardworking. The Bible said, Solomon said that ants have, listen, he said they have no captain, They have no overseer. They have no ruler. They just provide and gather for themselves. They go after it. The the ant works hard every day of its life. There's no laziness with an ant. There's no slacking off with an ant. Obviously, they sleep at night. I've even read and learned about the ant that they will take power naps throughout the day because they are so industrious, not because they're lazy. Amen. Because they are busy, they have to kind of take power naps. 
Amen. And can I get a good amen for power naps? I never get a power nap. I can't do it. I drink way too much coffee in the morning, I think. Like the ant, the Christian should be tireless in the work of the Lord. Come on, I got a few little subtle, yeah, yeah, amen. I said, like the ant, the Christian should be tireless in the work of the Lord. (laughs) We're up to about two-thirds. Jesus said this in John chapter 9, verse 4, I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. Jesus said, I'm, I'm here right now, and I've got a job to do, and I'm going to do my job. I'm going to live my life. I'm going to fulfill my purpose. And I'm not going to let anything stop me, because right now it's daytime. We're living in the daytime of our life. But night is coming when that will all be over. So he said, I'm going to do what I have to do in the here and the now. And I'm going to be after it. I'm going to be busy about it. And so the spirit, the same spirit that Jesus lived in, he said to us, he said, the things you see me do, you shall do, and greater than these because I go to the Father. So the spirit of Jesus' mission has now been transferred onto you and I, and we are to be about our Father's business. Amen. At all times. At all times. How do we do this? How, how was an ant hard working? Well, they were proactive and self-motivated. Nobody had to kick him in the seat of the britches to get him moving. Notice what Solomon said. He said, ants have, they don't have a captain. They don't have an overseer. They don't have a ruler. They don't have somebody bossing them around, telling them what they should do. They know what they're about. They know who they are. They know their creation. They know their purpose. And they get up and they go after it every day of their life. They are self-motivated. Everybody say self-motivated. See, this is what we need in the body of Christ today is that people would be self-motivated in their high calling of God. Amen. (laughs) To know who you are and get up and do it. Moses was called to be the leader of the nation of Israel. There were times he wanted to quit. There were times he wanted to die. There were times he wanted God to kill them. There was another time he said to God, kill me. But you know what he did? Every day, he got back up and he went after it and he led the nation of Israel again. And he had to. He had to get up. Paul the apostle said to Timothy, fulfill your ministry. Timothy said, my fire's out. I've lost, my, I've lost that love and feeling. Paul said, stir it up. You're not, you're, your calling isn't sidelined. You don't feel great about your life. You don't feel like you're making a difference, but you still have a calling of God upon your life. So be self-motivated and get out of bed. Amen. Amen. And go after it. Amen. I'm really not mad. I, I hope I don't, I don't think I'm mad. Amen. Why do we always have to be pushed into doing something? Or pulled. You know, how many times, I remember back in the old days in the 70s with real carburetor engines and how cars would just stall and they would, and then you'd have to push 
to the gas station. You have to pull to get it fixed. I hated those days. My cars were always being pushed or pulled. And that's the way it is with some of us in the kingdom of God. I don't get anywhere unless somebody pulls me into it. I don't go anywhere. I don't get involved in the kingdom of God because unless somebody pushes me into it. There's no ants pushing and pulling each other. I like saying this, the peas. Pushing and the pulling. You got to give it a little spit. Listen, God is going to do his part, but he wants you to do your part. Amen. And not only were self-motivated in their hard work, but they were persistent and tenacious. If you ever done this, I know, I, I remember doing this as a kid. You would throw a little obstacle in the path of an ant. You know what that ant would do? It'd just keep moving. Throw a rock down there, a stick down there, and it just, it doesn't just, you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't sit down and pout. It doesn't whine and cry because some obstacle got thrown in my way. That little ant just keeps moving. If you're not careful, it'll move right into your house. They just don't, they don't, they, they're persistent little buggers is what they are. They don't sit down, they don't pout, they don't quit, they don't go on strike, they just keep moving forward. I read where a sloth will move maybe 40 yards a day. But an ant can walk up to three to four miles in a day. A little tiny ant. It's crazy. When's the last time you walked three or four miles in a day? Amen. Julie, she, she works up at Steele's. She loves to come home and brag about her 10 miles a day. <laughs> what did you do? That's what she says. No, I'm joking. She's not here to... <laughs> Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 22, I don't know if I have this, yeah. It says, but he who endures till the end will be saved. That's an ant's life. You just keep going. Life's hard. Obstacles got thrown in your way. You just keep moving. You go around it. You go over it. You go through it. But you don't lay down and die. You don't stop. You don't quit praying. You don't quit serving. You don't quit loving. You just, you just keep moving. Why? Because your best life is an ant's life. God has a plan and a purpose, and he, he's got something he's going to fulfill, but he, if, if we just whine and cry and sit down and, and get all puffy about how life's not working out the way we thought it should, where are we going to get to? We're, going to, we're not going to get anywhere. Amen. So Solomon says, consider the ant. Ants live with purpose. Ants are persistent self-motivated. They just go after it. Number three, ants are community-focused. Ants are considered the most successful of all social insects. They can live in colonies up into the multiplied millions. They are unified in their efforts, and they all work toward a common goal. Each of them has their own role to fulfill. 
Some of them are tunnel diggers. Others of them are hill makers. Some go out and forage for food. Others of them are soldier ants that fight off threats. Everybody has a place in the community. Everybody participates in community life. No one sits around. Well, some do, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Although each one of them has a function, they all work together to form a great team. And this really, I think, to me, is the image of what God has called us to be as a church. That we're here, we're not just building an anthill, but we're to be a light on the hill. And we can't do this if we're not all participating in our role. Amen. So, like the ant community, we need each other. You need the people around you, the people you don't know, the people that are live, you know, some of us are on opposite sides. I'm, can I talk to us here today? That's not very encouraging. Can I talk to us here today? Yeah, way more. Okay. If you're visiting here, I hope you come back. But I, let's just talk to our church here today. We need each other. Ants can do a lot. Those little tiny ants, they can do a lot in and of themselves. But when they meet their match, they know, I have others who I can call on to come help me. They're excellent communicators. Now, I just talked about hard work. How many of you ever heard that expression, work smarter, not harder? Well, here's one of the ways that you work smarter. You'd still work, but you can be smarter about it. It means you know your limitations, and you know that in and of yourself, you can't do this by yourself. But if all of us will join efforts together, we can get so much further and so much more accomplished. Amen. And so Paul said that we need each other. He said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. And then he turned around two verses later and said, but each one of you needs to bear your own load. And so when we need help in our life, it's not that I'm calling you to, to uh, do the work for me. I'm calling you to come alongside of me. We need each other. We can't do this without coming together. So not only do we need each other, but we're to serve one another. Serve one another. Everybody say that. Serve one another. Now, you've heard of the ant colony. Well, we have the ALF community right here. And we have ministry teams. We have tunnel diggers. We have uh, baby makers. We have hill developers. Although we, it's been a long time since we built on the hill or built up the hill. Amen. I need, we need to build the hill. Amen. We need to build. I feel, I feel like we need to build. Why? Just for fun. Because we can. We only got one life to live. Why not live it? Well, I don't know if that makes good sense. I don't care. Why did you build a porch on the front of your house? Because I could. I did that just because I wanted to. Amen. Why'd you remodel your kitchen? 
because I wanted to. Sometimes, can't you just do stuff because you want to for the glory of God, for the will of God, for the plan of God? Amen? I don't know. I'm getting way off course. Sorry about this. We need to be a community of people teaming together. We need leaders. We need helpers. We need teachers. We need small group leaders. We need prayer intercessors. We need soldier ants. We need, we need people. Everybody has a role. If we're going to function effectively, if we're going to be wise like the ant, everybody plays a part. And I don't think, I don't know if these numbers are accurate about us, but I will say, they say that in most every church, you basically have about 20% of the people doing 80% of the work. And I don't know if that's our numbers, but I don't think it's real far off. And if you call ALF, Abundant Life Fellowship, your church home, then the question is, what are you doing? How are you serving? What tunnels are you building, uh, digging? What, you know, what, what, what are you foraging for? Because everybody needs to play a part. We had somebody who stood up here just a few moments ago and reminded us of the call to unity. Unity means we all work together. We unify our efforts, and everybody has a place and a part to fulfill in this. Amen. See, I told you, I don't know if this is a great way to land it, but this is what you got. Everybody plays a part. I read that there's a certain species of ant that has these soldier ants that they go throughout the, the uh, colony and they s- spy out ants that are not working and they kill them. I'm just saying. I see a new ministry. I feel a new ministry coming on. No, you, you, you understand. I don't mean that literally, but... Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 25, there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If we're going to walk in unity, this means the parts, and all of us are the parts, should have equal concern, care, a part of one another. Then he said, Paul wrote to the Ephesians, and he said in chapter 4, verse 16, He makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each one does its own special work. See, I told you you were special. He says each one does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. But this can only be as true as we all are a part of it. Amen. Every time a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. (laughs) 
Every ant has two stomachs, one to feed themselves and then the other to store up food for another. So, now do this. I'll, this will be my last time. Turn to somebody and tell them, you're eating for two now. Here's the point. Feed yourself. But it's not all about you. It's about the people that are around you, the people you don't know yet, the people who don't know Jesus yet. And so I need to eat for me, and I need to grow for me, and I need to be developed for me, and I need nutrition for me, but I also need to be a nutrition for other people. But if I all I do is I show up to church and I sit down and I soak in the word and I strut out. That does, that's not church. That's not, that's not an ant colony. And that's not a church community. In fact, Rick Warren was famous for saying, if you sit and soak and you don't serve, you will sour. And so if, if I, all I'm doing is gleaning and getting and gleaning and getting for myself, and then I walk out and I'm not a part, then I'm only hurting myself in the long run. Amen. So let's, let's work together. Let's be community. Like, like Solomon said, look at the wisdom of the ant. They are not only purpose-driven, they are not only hardworking and self-motivated and perseverant, but they are community-focused. It's all about the colony. And then the final thing that ants are is they're big thinkers. They're, they, they are so positive. Proverbs chapter 30, verse 25 says, The ants are a people not strong, yet they prepare their food in the summer. Now, when he says they are a people not strong, this truth is relative to us as humans. The other day when uh, Isaac and, and uh, Daniel were in my office, we were visiting, and I looked over and across on the wall, I saw a black ant walking. And I got up during the, and knowing what I was going to preach, I got up during our, our conversation, I went over there and I squished the little guy. <laughs> and um, I mean, next to me, the ant's not strong. Right? Can we be honest about that? But in their world, in the ant's world, he doesn't see life like that. An ant is so small, they can lift 20 to 50 times their body weight. I did some calculations. I don't need to be too personal with you. But if I were to try to lift 20 to 50 times my weight, it would be over 5,000 pounds. So a little ant walks up on this big object and says, I think I can. <laughs> and if I can't, we can. And an ant will call for backup if it can't carry off the load by itself. But more, more or less, those little guys will try to pick it up or they will pick it up and bring it back to the colony. Things weighing 50 times their own body weight. They look at objects that are really big and think, I could do that. 
That's not a problem for me. We got too many of us looking at the opportunities or the obstacles or the the ideas and we're like, I don't think so. Not me. Not me. Maybe somebody else. Maybe somebody else can do it. I don't think we can do it. I don't think I could do it. And we pass by all these great opportunities that God has for us. But Solomon says, listen, get the wisdom of an ant and you'll see more than you've ever thought you would see. Start thinking big. Start looking at these things that you see and realize that you can do this. As Paul said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians chapter 4 verse 13. God wants us to know that we can do more than what we think we can. We, we just got to start thinking differently about what we're running up on, what, what we're seeing, what, what's, a, what's going on around us. We got to start thinking differently. We got to stop looking at the world as this awful, rotten place. It's just getting worse, and we're losing America, and we're losing our hope, and we're losing our future. And, you know, and we, get, we get swept up in the media mindset. Amen. Amen. Don't think I've not fallen into that trap myself. We got to think differently. We got to think big thoughts. We got to walk up on this stuff and say, I can do that. Amen. Amen. The Lord told the, spoke through the prophet Zechariah, and he said, It's not going to be by your might, and it's not going to be by your power, but it's going to be by my spirit, says the Lord. I love when God was telling the nation of Israel, he told Joshua, he said, every place, when you guys march into that land, like a little colony, like an ant colony, you're going to be going into that land, marching into that land. He said to them, every place you've set your foot, I'm going to give it to you. I was reading about the driver ant in in, uh, middle and South Africa. The driver ant is uh, one of the most feared ant colonies because when the driver ant is on a drive everything gets out of its way the elephants the lions even whole communities of people will pack up their bags and move because the driver ant when it's on the march and you're in its way they don't move you do (laughs) amen and so I think even Joel told us about this. This happened to him. It was coming right toward his tent. I think he, I mean, he ended up jumping in the river, I think, to get the driver ants off of him. But these, these guys had that mentality, you know, we can do this, and we're going to do this together, and we're going to make a difference. And so the nation of Israel, as they were moving into the land, God was letting them know, listen, there is no giant, there is no obstacle, there is no problem before you that I can't handle for you. I just need you to march and go after it. And think big. Have a vision. Have faith. Do you know that before the children of Israel ever went into the promised land, God already had a plan for the flooded Jordan River. He already had a plan for the walls of Jericho. He already had a plan for the allied nations that would stand up and fight against the nation of Israel. God knew what they were going into, but he said, I just need you to go with faith. I need you to go with vision, and I need you to understand that I'll take care of you out there. But you got to move. Amen. You got to go after it. And so, how many how many know that you can? You can do this. You can do this. 
To think big requires great faith and it takes enlarged vision. When we talk about great faith, we're not talking about the, the amount of your faith. We're talking about a faith that is fully persuaded that what God said, he will do. That's great faith. Just being, Even if your faith is about that big like a mustard seed, it isn't the amount of faith that makes it great. What makes faith great is that you are fully persuaded that God does not lie that he will do it. And with that great faith, I mix it with large vision. I have a big vision. And I just, I just believe that I can do this. Remember, there was a, ah, I wish I, I won't try to sing it, but it's an old Frank Sinatra song about the ant that sees the rubber tree plant. High hopes. High hopes, right? He's got high hopes. He's got I hope I'm singing it. He's got high, pie, high in the sky apple pie hopes. <laughs> and then he says, "Whoops! There goes another rubber tree plant." Because he thought he could, he did it. Amen. And so we need to have that kind of vision. That kind of vision. Katie, would you come on up? I, I want to share this story. I, I came across this story. There was a lady out rock climbing. And she was standing on a ledge. And while she was standing on a ledge waiting to go up, one of the ropes that was on up above her snapped, came back and hit her in the face, and it knocked out a contact out of her eye. And so she was looking all over the ledge for this contact, couldn't find it, and she needed those contacts to see. They were going to go up to the summit of the mountain, and she wanted to be able to see when they got up there. And so they, they ended up, she couldn't find the contact. She scales on up the mountain with the, with the group of people that went up there. She was not able to look out and see and enjoy the scenery. But at, when they were all done, they were coming back down the mountain. And when they got to that ledge part, there was another group of people that were coming up and somebody said out from the group, they said, hey, did anybody lose a contact? And they were like, you're kidding me. You found this contact out here on the, you know, out in this wilderness. And, the, and they said, yeah, we, we found a contact. There was a little tiny, there was a little ant carrying the contact on its back. It's a true story. And her father, who was a, a cartoonist, actually made a famous cartoon out of it. And you can go Google it for yourself, and he actually had a saying on there. But when I, heard, when I read that story, I was like, man, that's just, that's what, that's big vision. Carrying a contact. I don't know what a, I don't know what an, what, what possessed the ant to think, I could use that. This dome-like, I'm taking that back to the crib, you know. This is going to be awesome. This is going to be impressive. What possesses an ant? But they had big vision. That's what God wants for you and me, to have vision. What's the vision of God for your life? What's the vision that God's given to you? What, the, what is the vision that you have for your life? And what's stopping you? 
Maybe it's the lack of understanding that I have a purpose, or maybe, maybe I'm not, you know, self-motivated. I'm not getting up and moving after it. I do think being a part of a community will help you. Being fully engaged, I think it will help you. I don't think it's the answer in and of itself, but I certainly think it will benefit you. But also just, just have a vision. See something and go after it. Carry that vision. Carry that vision. God has a plan for us today. Solomon said, consider the ant and be wise. You'll be a better version of yourself if you'll take that little ant's principles of life and living, apply it to yourself. You'll, be so much, you'll, be, you'll go so much further than you thought you could. Amen. Let's all stand together. Hallelujah. Can you just lift your hands with me right now to the Lord? God, I just pray for every one of us here today that we will get a vision of who we are, that we will get an understanding of who you've designed us to be. Lord, that we will live out the purpose of God in our lives, all the days of our life. God, that we will be hard workers, not in, not in legalism, Lord, but in diligence and perseverance. That we won't quit, we won't give up, we won't turn away just because life got hard. Lord, I just pray that you will grow us as a community of people, that we will become a part of the body of Christ and and that we will all do our part. Lord, show us what you want us to do. Show us how we can serve. Show us how we can better the community and, and, and possess more ground and, and more land for you. God, have your way in us. Help us, God, to have a vision. Help us to see beyond ourselves. Help us to see, God, things that we've given up on. Give us a vision, I pray. In Jesus' name. And everybody says amen.